This is Hooplecast, bonus episode. I threatened to do these uh, quite a bit last year and uh, didn't follow through with that Game of Thrones finale, but Westworld's back. It's a pretty big tentpole show for HBO, so I thought I would release just a short 30 to 40 minute discussion of the premiere, second season premiere, and I've got two guests, Stephen and Laurel, who are both contributors to the podcast in the past and are members of the Facebook group. As uh, I hope anyone who's listening to this and is not a member of the Facebook group should really join the group uh, because we, we have fun. We talk about TV and random things. <laughs> you d- you said, right. hmm. do you disagree? <laughs> I, I say, no, I say, hmm, like, that's true. We do. Okay. <laughs> uh, just earlier this week, I posted on the Facebook page a connection between um, Westworld and Deadwood. Um, I saw that. I love that. I did. I haven't read Dragon Teeth yet, but now I'm going to read it based on your recommendation. Yeah, it's a good eighty pages worth of um, Deadwood in 1876. So you know, right, right at the time of the um, the Deadwood HBO show. Do you want to quickly recap yep. what that book's about? All right. So it's Michael Crichton who uh, you know wrote the original um, Westworld. Um, did he? The, the uh, he was the author and director of the movie, the 1973 movie. Why the hell so did he I created, know that? Uh, he <laughs> created Westworld. This is definitely in yep. his wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can you can start seeing a lot of parallels if you know that he enjoys the West, you know the the American West um, from that you know, Westworld. And then you start looking at things like Dragon Teeth, which is his latest novel uh, published after his death, uh, published last year in 2017. All right. But it takes place in 1876 in the American West. And it's about digging up dinosaur bones. And, um, you know, much like the gold rush of the American West, this was the paleontology rush of the, uh, you know, not digging up gold, but digging up bones. And uh, still having to face the same harsh world of uh, going into the Black Hills and Indian Territory, where you the whites weren't allowed to be to begin with. So a lawless land. And 80 pages of the book takes place in Deadwood. Is it does it have a sci, sci-fi bent the way that most of his books do? No, no. The dinosaurs come so, back to life. Uh... <laughs> so I, I think most of this book. Um, spawned out of research he was doing for maybe Jurassic Park, right? He he was interested in paleontology and, you know, learning about what, what it takes for someone to dig up dinosaur bones. So I think this is leftover material from, you know, his research of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Uh, and then, you know, they, they just put it together after his death and made it into a novel. Mm. And these, these uh, the book in part, I think, is based on at least two paleontologists who were competing for their fame and fortune, right? That's correct. Um, Professor Marsh and Professor Cope, both uh, academic um, people who wanted fame and fortune and dragged a bunch of um, you know college kids along with them for their the college kids were getting a credit, but the you know they they were really out of their element. But wait, is this? So, is this nonfiction then? So it, it has real life people like, uh, you know, it, 
uh, in Deadwood, you you run into Wyatt Earp and Morgan Earp and uh, some of the Deadwood people, but it's it's historical fiction. Um, mm. Yeah, sounds fun. And I I said on the Facebook group, I read a lot of Michael Crichton when I was a teenager. So did I. I went through like yeah. a phase where I just read all of his books. I think Congo is my favorite. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not because of the movie. Not yeah. the movie, no. But of course, I was there like opening weekend to see it. And then I was disappointed. But I think the Spear movie is like... Definitely worse than the book. I mean, in Correct. terms of um, adaptations, I think the Congo adaptation is better, even though it's silly. Anyway, Westworld, I guess I did know in the back of my head that it was a Crichton project originally. Uh, can we just get your uh, brief like thoughts, feelings, reactions to the premiere before we like deep dive into certain scenes? Uh, so I thought it was, in a word, it was decent. Um, you know, I... Didn't know where they were going to go for second season. I think they, they kind of left it on a, a cliffhanger of where where do they go from here. I, I thought they dug themselves into a hole. So for the, the first episode of a new season, I, I thought you know it laid the groundwork for, for some good things to come. And Laurel? Well, I watched it twice. Um, and the first time I watched it, I wasn't all that impressed. Um, I think... I was really stuck on some of the timelines jumping around. And so my first watch was, uh, eh, yeah. okay, I'm glad to see a lot of these characters back because they were fun and I like them. But um, the second time I watched it, which is today actually, um, I got a lot of it. Um, I don't know if about the first season than this premiere, but I don't know. So I, I was into it better the second time around. Okay. You turned into a, a robot a little bit there, but that's A, very appropriate for the show we're talking about, and B, we I think we got the gist of what you said, that you liked it better the second time around. Uh, I'll just briefly say that I was supremely disappointed in it, and I felt like a lot of its problems were the same problems I had during most of the last season. And I just wish I liked it more because it's got individual elements to it that I really respond to. But then it's got a lot of stuff, like all the different timelines, that I find to be unnecessarily confusing and kind of just filler. And they were just, I, I don't know. I had some problems, a lot of it related to the character motivations, uh, specifically uh, Dolores. I don't really know what she's, what she's up to. <laughs> um, but we can, we can start um, anywhere. So let's let's go back to what you touched on. The what I consider uh, a problem with season one is uh, the unreliable narrator, right? Right. So you're you're, you're trying to follow the storyline, but it's jumping back and forth, and um, their memories, the the host's memories, they can't be sure what they remember, what you know, and and with the jumping of the timelines, they. You know, you're just as confused as the hosts are because right. you don't know what's in the present, what's in the past, what's happened before. Is this all uh, a cycle? Is it just happening over and over again? And right off the bat for season two, you got Bernard, who's, you know, we, we see at least three different versions of Bernard um, in that in that first episode there. Um, you know, we see uh, Bernard with uh, uh, Hale, the played by Tessa Thompson, the Tessa Thompson character. They're hiding out in the barn, you know, immediately after the uh, the shootout, the end of season one. 
Uh, you see Bernard with uh, Stubbs on the beach. You know, that's the Luke Hemworth, Hemworth character. Um, and then you see Arnold sitting down with Dolores, right? They're right, right. talking about dreams. So at least three different versions. I, I think I, I caught a couple of glimpses of uh, a few more, but I can't be certain where we are in the timeline. And mm. I do. I, I find that Me confusing. Neither. I find that it's it's unnecessary. I, I think it's the it's showing the hand of the writer there. They create that tension on purpose, uh, that confusion on purpose. And for season one, it was good because it did have some payoff at the end. But uh, again, with season season two, they're right back doing the same thing. So, oh, it, it, it's one of my cons. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my cons too because uh, shaky hand Bernard. I, I I don't know if he's Bernard or Arthur uh, in any one moment, and maybe he doesn't either. Um, uh, until he injected himself with magic juice from an, another host, I guess, and now he's fine. I I what I. <laughs> that was that's that's such a like a, a techno babble kind of solution. Like the the problem is fake and the solution is fake, and I'm not sure why I where the tension comes from. It's really weird. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed I agree a lot of those scenes. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I I don't know if I'd cut out when I was uh, sharing my feedback too. The timelines um, by far this time around really what were the part that that made it hard for me to make an investment in this first episode because I was just trying to figure out who's where, who is where and what is happening. Um, and so I had other feedback too, but it, it's not consistent, not the timelines in terms of something that I really thought was poorly done. I don't know if we should move to talk about the timelines more. Well, my issue with the timelines, uh, yeah, I, I always watch these shows actually for the, with the perspective of my parents in mind, because growing up, you know, it was one of the family things we did. We watched a lot of television. And my parents, my father especially, hates anything that's nonlinear. And I, all I can think of his voice in the back of my head going, Matthew, what's happening? Explain this to me. And I'm like, I can't. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. And I'm not sure, like, why um, Stubbs is suddenly on the beach. Uh, how did that happen? Uh, that's right. Right. Last time we saw him, he was being captured by Ghost Nation in uh, episode nine of season one. So I'm mis- yeah. So how did he escape? Right. So that's a time. Yeah. So that's a time jump. Do we need the time jump? I don't know. Do we need to go back with them in Dolores and and just just cycle a little a little bit back toward uh, what Stephen was saying about not knowing who was real and who was not? Um, I was really hoping that at the end of the previous season that there was a clear sort of disembarkation point from that kind of uh, crutch or nope. whatever, we whatever another, that was. Um, we got another 10 episodes of it. <laughs> it's it, it's an, an interesting philosophical question for a time of can they break out of their patterns or out of their loops? Can they have agency in their own storylines story and be, have a, you know autonomy? Or are they really just programmed to do everything is, is every line they say scripted is it, it it's something that if you're a host and you know that you're a host that you're going to wonder about for the rest of your existence and that is fine except i really wanted that to be just the season one setup and let season two the characters move of their own accord and that's not what it happened it's now it's more like well i don't know is Maeve really looking for a daughter because she wants her daughter or is someone pulling your strings like oh I don't know. 
she's going to be really disappointed <laughs> once she finds her daughter and her daughter's not going to recognize her at all. <laughs> she's going to be really disappointed. <laughs> but she's got to know that though, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I really had a hard time with Dolores's character's motivation too. Like the, just a couple times mentioning in the first episode of this season, she she can't stop. She needs to get out into the world and change things. And it doesn't just it really doesn't seem uh, reliable that she's going to get out there and and things are going to change. And I, I just is it just revenge? Is that what it all it is? Just to get out and get to as many humans as possible and destroy their lives or what it just didn't seem very uh, uh authentic i see dolores as a virus like a computer virus um you know ford infected her with a computer virus of just pure chaos and she's going around doing just whatever she wants pure chaos whatever she wants um so finding her motivation i i don't know and, and at this point, I really don't care. She's she's the weakest part of the the, yes. s- the series. She's a real cipher. I don't know what her game is, and I I've, I've never liked her character really as much as I like Evan Rachel Wood. Uh, maybe I liked her like in the first episode or two, but there was a point in last season. I think it was when they went to like the bordello or whatever that building with the orgy was. It's sort of like yeah. right around that point. Yeah. The show lost me, and then there was a bunch of stuff about Wyatt, and then she turned out to be Wyatt, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's too it's too layered for me. And I and I like a show with with mystery. I mean, I love Leftovers, and I used to like Lost when that was on. But I always knew the character motivations and the mysteries were always kind of secondary, like fun stuff. For this, it just seems like even figuring out the character and what they're doing is like a big puzzle. And I, uh, I'm not sure the payoff is going to be worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, going back to the the timeline, and now I'll wrap this up. Um, we we do know there was about a two week um, gap between uh, Bernard waking up on the beach. So, do we think that all of season two will just be filling in that two week period? Probably. I don't- I wonder though they've made these teas the these Easter eggs of the other park. I wonder if they'll go any further with that, or if it factors into the two weeks since they the, the tiger washed up on the shore. Oh yeah, forget about I, the tiger. Yeah. I would also love a split season kind of approach where maybe the first half yeah. is filling in the two weeks, second half is just one straight timeline, or maybe they'll give us a fourth timeline. <laughs> in which mm-hmm. case, I probably might stop watching. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> too many plates spitting in the air um there were just a couple of things that the the show expected me to remember or recognize that i i guess i wasn't paying close enough attention that i just didn't get uh one is the woman on the horse with kind of like the the thorn the crown of thorns or whatever she is her name is angela or angelica or something she but she was one of the hosts who would welcome people to the park she didn't work in the park she worked in the office that's what someone said somewhere Oh yeah, that's who that was. I couldn't yeah. figure out who that was. Me, me right. neither. And and that's it's like here's here's a character, and am I supposed to know who that is? So I, how'd no. you figure that out? I you just like, heard the, it the somewhere. Face started. Oh, you heard it. Okay. Nope, nope. I yeah, heard that it either. Who that was? Either I read it in an article or I heard it on another podcast. So, well, good job. <laughs> Don't yeah, give me I the think credit. That is right. <laughs> 
So she was the the host that welcomed William into the park, you know, and, and asked friend, him, yeah. "Do you want the the white hat or the black hat?" Yeah, That's and right. they showed her in the previously on, but they showed a lot of stuff in the previously on. So I ne- I never put two and two together. But maybe I didn't the put sh- two two. Maybe the no. show expected me. Uh, then at the end, Bernard is looking out into the sea that wasn't supposed to be there, and they show a body floating well they show a lot of bodies floating but they really focus in on this one body and i went i don't i can't recognize who that is like i don't am i supposed to know who that is and then if if i had really cared at that point i probably would have gone back and looked at it but i was really kind of just done at that point so i didn't but everyone on the internet says it's teddy is it i don't know i'm looking Uh. at it right now it doesn't look like teddy to me but that's what everyone says it was no it didn't look like anything to me yeah, <laughs> but seriously, did it? Did you know who that was? I didn't. Ex- I d- at first I thought, okay, they're playing. They're they're panning in on this too much. It has to be someone we recognize. And I kept trying to recognize him in both times I viewed it, and I still couldn't. And all I could think of was maybe they're showing, like he says, there's a bunch of hosts and i said well how do they know they're hosts and then when they get closer you see that they haven't decayed or you know like if they were human so they must be host and that they were just focusing in on that body because it was to to show it really was a host but maybe it is someone we're supposed to know i don't know who you know what i mean yeah that like that how do you because like when they see um robert at the saloon shooter he's are you there yeah we're still here you're 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 um very garbled in in some parts, but I can edit it out so that it's oh, a little smoother. Oh, sorry. That's eh, not you, I'm sure. Might be the I wind. don't think it's Teddy. That, maybe it's the wind. Let's blame the wind. We'll blame the wind. <laughs> I don't think... Yeah, I, if you can hear me now, okay. I don't think it's yeah. Teddy. I think it was just demonstrating that it's a host, not a human. But that's just my thought right now. Hmm. So I have one more question. So that well, just to say, um, I'm just looking at an article from Variety. The discovery of Teddy in the water with all the other drowned hosts was as oh. underwhelming as the stable boy is killing. We've seen them die uh, countless times, and it's entirely likely that their white plastic brains are sitting there intact, waiting to be rescued by Dolores or Maeve, whoever else might be leading the revolution. And and this is not the only article I've seen where it says Teddy, and th- that that in in and of itself like really annoys me that everyone's picking up on these little clues and I feel like I'm paying attention and due to the, I don't know, the lighting or the composition of the shot or whatever it is about it, it's like not clear to me. It's just muddled. Like there's just a lot of stuff that's muddled. There are, there are things that I do like and I, and we can get to those. <laughs> My other question was, um, are we to surmise that the Delos parks are built on uh, some Chinese island out in the Pacific? Did you that, uh, did you pick up on that? Um, that's what people said. Uh, no, I didn't pick up on it. They're like, oh, they're Chinese soldiers or mercenaries, and they said that they're they're on an island. And okay, <laughs> is there an island big enough to hold all the Delos parks? Mm. Multiple parks? I don't think so. Maybe they built the island. Oh, maybe we lost Laurel. Yeah, I just always assume that the. At least the Westworld Park was built in Utah somewhere. Um, mm. But uh, if it's uh, you know an island in the Pacific, that that kind of changes my mindset. God, how expensive would that be just to build Utah in the in China in the South China right. Sea? Like, why would you? Why would you do that? What's wrong with just going to Utah? 
I dropped for a second, so I missed what you guys were saying. So are you still talking about the, the gulf there, the, the little the bay? Yeah, sort of. I'm talking about uh, the entire park uh, built on an island in the Pacific. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you pick up on that? There was there was um, a soldier on the beach talking in uh, Chinese, yeah. according to yeah. my closed caption. Right. I saw that. I mean, I remember that from the show. So, or there, yeah, or there's a park. Yeah, it must be something like that. Because I was going to say there's one of their other parks is supposed to be like a China, a park in China, but that doesn't make sense. Yours makes sense. Why are there no <laughs> Chinese characters, like, given any anything to do? Maybe there will be. But I'm looking at, Maybe. I'm just looking at the scene of Bernard slash Arnold slash whoever showing up on the beach. And I just see a lot of white dudes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't note the addition of Gustav Stargoat, uh, stars guard. Uh, he played Floki on history channels, Vikings. So he's a new Delos employee or you know, new to us. Delos employee. Is and the um, tall one that's in charge. Yeah. He's kind of like the damage control guy, right? Yeah. He, he, yeah. Okay. So he's a he's a Swedish actor, and if um you know if we say that he replaced um the the actress that played Teresa Cullen, you know Teresa was um, a Denmark actor, so there's there's definitely like a Scandinavian skew um, to the Delos world. So um, yeah, good point. And we've still got uh, that uh, vigilante. The, I forget, I'm forgetting her name, the tall blonde who's part of the Hector's gang. Right, right. She's got to be, she's Scandinavian, right? Or she must, she looks Scandinavian. Huh. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think so. All right, we want to talk about the pros. What what did we like about the, the episode? But before we get that, get to that, I, I hope Elise comes back. Isn't that her name? I always enjoyed her. The one that Bernard killed, maybe. Oh. Sort of maybe, kind of. At, at the at the end of last season, actually, it's more like the middle of the season. And that he killed. Yeah, she was. She seemed very prominent at the beginning, but then she went snooping and uh, oh, strangled yeah. her. To, well, I don't really know what we, we no, we didn't see her, him strangle her, but he surprised her and took her somewhere, I guess. And we don't know where she is. Um, That's right, she's not showing up. That's right. And they've been kind of cagey about it too. The producers, they haven't like definitively said, "Oh no, her story's done." It's just been kind of a secret. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like to see her again only because I like that actress. I, I I thought she was fun. But, I mean, I'm not sure the story really needs her. Um, things that I liked, uh, I I was very intrigued by the concept that they're collecting the DNA of the guests. And I'm wondering if if the plot or the, the point of that is to, what, is it like insurance purposes? If someone dies in your park, you can clone them basically and then re- release them back into the uh, the world. And no, they never died. See, or is it uh, some sort of conspiracy to populate the Earth with your robots so that you can what use them the, use them to take over in some way? What, yeah, what I'm betting on the second one. The second, I one? think it's like the second one is more likely. Did you think that Charlotte? <laughs> knew about it like she said we're not having that conversation so she must know what the she knows something there's she knows the reason why they're doing that she's just not ready to tell him Mm. i don't know do you think we'll actually get that answer this season i'm betting no no. yeah (laughs) so i'm not gonna worry about it the show would be over if we did (laughs) or it might be over 
Well, I really liked the, the music. Um, the I was just thinking of it as the theme song from the movie The Sting, but it's the Entertainer is the real name of it. Um, when Dolores is goes on her badass shooting spree, t- kind of towards the beginning, um, mm-hmm. and they're playing that that song. Um, I love that. Just it's such an upbeat, jaunty song, and she's sitting there on the horse, just picking people off. Mm-hmm. In mo- I thought that was. I think this this show has a really great score and I love the reproductions of popular music given like honky tonk type aesthetics to it. Um, And you can go on YouTube and get the whole album and you can hear a lot of um, Radiohead songs remade, Mm -hmm. you know, in the style of Westworld. Uh, And I I posted like links to them in the Facebook group and Emily, who is a contributor to the podcast and like huge Radiohead fan uh, gave us her thoughts about each one of those songs. And I can't wait to hear what kind of songs they repurpose for the second season. The music's always a highlight. So I I mentioned earlier how I I do not like Dolores. I think she's like the weakest part of the the show. So the the strongest parts of the show is is definitely Bernard and Maeve, um, Mm -hmm. those two characters and those two plot lines. So just talking about the the Bernard plot line, um, when he's on the beach and he's, He's standing around with the Delos guys, and the the Delos guys are um, executing the the hosts on the beach. You know, lining them up, shooting them dead. I had strong parallels to the Holocaust, mm. and that would put um, Bernard as like a, a Jewish collaborator working with the Nazis. If you if you follow my 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 thinking there, mm. um, just one group of people trying to exterminate another group of people that they consider less than or other, right? I mean, Holocaust is where my mind goes, but there's, you know, examples throughout history. But it's very interesting to follow Bernard and trying to get his reaction of how far is he going to help the people, you know, the Delos people murder his people, the the host people, right? And where, where does he make that shift of uh, his loyalties? I, I think if, this whole season kind of follows that, uh, that would be really interesting. And I think um, Jeffrey Wright is the right actor to portray that. I, I think he could really do well with, with that storyline. Mm-hmm. I think so too. And I, I love his interactions with Charlotte. Uh, the actresses brings a lot to the role. I want more clarification about his character though. Like I, he can't be this way all season. It, that would be too annoying. <laughs> no, I, so in the first season, uh, Maeve really kind of comes comes alive and comes to a realization and becomes her own character. I, I th- so I think this season's where uh, Bernard will will have that relevation. I certainly hope so. Mm-hmm. I have a question that I just realized I was thinking of or trying to figure out. It it's more about the Man in Black, I guess William as Ed Harris, William the Man in Black. Um, when he's talking to the young version of Robert. Where do we think that's going when the young younger version says you're in my game and this game was made for you? And I wonder how much attention that's going to get this season or if that's going to just because it was pretty dominant in the first season. Obviously, the man in black is playing the game again and again, only to find that wasn't really his game. So I'm wondering how much they're going to give to that um, storyline. And what you guys think of it, if you like it, or if you think it's just been overdone. Well, I 
I personally don't like that character or this storyline at all. And before he was looking for the maze, and now he's found the maze, and now he has to find the way out of the maze. I don't give a fuck. That's <laughs> what are you even talking about? So the right. maze is like the center of consciousness. Like it wasn't even a physical place. Like what? Right. Okay. That's too, no, I'm not, I'm not entertained by this. Yeah. I kind of thought last season that, I mean, I was kind of surprised after the season ended that they said, Oh, Ed Harris is coming back. And I kind of thought I love him, but I thought, why? Like <laughs> it feels like that story has played through, but obviously they've got other thoughts about the, um, the producers, the writers do. Yeah. He started off as a bad guy in season one, episode one, you know, uh, you know when his, uh, his attack against Dolores. Um, and uh, you know, I just can't, can't forgive him for that. Right. So right. as much as I, I like Ed Harris and, you know, I, I think his character could be potentially exciting to kind of follow. Um, I don't care. Again, he, he falls into that, you know, Dolores, Teddy, um, Man in Black, I, I don't care. And I did see um, from the previews, they're bringing back William. They're bringing back a, a young William. So we'll get to see more of that storyline. Yep. But again, uh, I don't know if I care. I would be fine if, if that was like a self-contained episode. Like you want, let's do, let's just do one. The entire episode is a single flashback or something. But I don't need to keep checking in on the past and that character. Yep. And as you said, what he, what he did to Dolores at the beginning of the season, he's a grotesque person. And he, all he his motivation was just the thrill of being able to shoot things. And then now there's finally some stakes. So what, he feels alive or whatever. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think the only thing that would be interesting to me if it was another self-contained episode or they bring back the younger William is just to find out we kind of know why he turns. He gets really dis, overly disenchanted with how Dolores is and what she feels for Teddy. Um, is to see that that change, that that tipping point where he really does fall off the cliff and become this evil person. That would be interesting to see, just for some uh, tying it up night, neatly with a bow. But yeah, I don't, I don't know how much I'm invested in his character anymore, or really ever was. If he becomes so evil and unredeemable that he actually uh, gives Dolores cause to sort of see the worst, like she, like it scares her straight, basically, and she goes, "Oh, I don't want to become that. Like I was so close to becoming that, and therefore I have to, to shift personalities or whatever." Like then mm-hmm. maybe he will have served a purpose, or maybe they give him mm-hmm. a redemption arc. But he mm-hmm. can't just be running around the park having little shootouts the entire season that would be <laughs> exactly insanely boring and pretty much what season one was for his character right exactly and, and um teddy had nothing to do this episode except sit on a horse and look kind of confused he basically yeah. was how i felt the episode <laughs> <laughs> sort of passively confused um so to bring up my other pro for uh this episode you know i you know, I, I mentioned that I like Bernard and Maeve, right? So Maeve comes back and she finds a new human slave uh, in Simon, mm-hmm. right? Simon, the sniveling kind of uh, writer for Delos. Mm-hmm. And so this episode was all about breaking down Simon. And I, I love the the beats of um, they, they kind of traipse through all of his 
key points, um, you know, the, they go into the control room and everyone's dead in the control room. They go to the uh, topside bar where he used to hang out and everyone's dead at the, the topside bar. And, um, you know, then they go down to the, the lab area and she, she makes him strip, you know, get, get naked so that he is each of these steps. He's broken down as a human being, uh, more and more until he's no better than the hosts that he, you know, um, used to write for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 he yeah, was an obnoxious I, I really character that. in season one. And I, re- this is the first time I've ever enjoyed him and his presence. He, he added the levity that we needed that tonal like shading to the tone, which was otherwise pretty grim and cynical. Like I appreciated yeah. his humor and I just, I thought he was a great pairing with Maeve and that they had really good chemistry. And I liked when they went to the top side bar or whatever it's called and uh, just went straight to the bar to have a drink. I'm like, <laughs> that makes so much sense. And she knew Hector would be there too. Yeah. I will say though that uh, kind of like maybe he he is a narcissist, so perhaps he wouldn't be affected by all the bodies in the in that building. But d- definitely, if I had been there, it, I would have been so like disturbed. I'm not sure I ever would have recovered. But here, all these all these bodies just strewn about, no one really bats an eye. And I don't know. Sometimes just the casual violence in this show uh, really unsettles me. Right. Yeah. Why- I like that he was uh, originally attacked by his version of Wyatt, you know, the, the cannibal and the, the guy had uh, his, his line. Uh, he, he likes his flesh moist. I, I thought that was a nice callback from last season. Mm. Yeah. That was an interesting choice of words. It really made me cringe too. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, moist. So, so that, that's a line that Simon wrote. So to hear that, you know, pointing back at him, you know, that, that's got to shake him more than, you know, e- even if he doesn't care about all the bodies around him, you know, his, he, he is no longer in control. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, do we think that the sh- show is really telling the best stories that it could? No. 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 I would, yeah, I would like to see it do better. I would rather see Maeve in the real world or some, rather, somewhere other than looking for her daughter in the park. That when she knows that her daughter was never really her daughter, it, I would rather see her aspire to something more. And I would, I don't know what Dolores's aspirations are. And I mean, right. we've already touched on a lot of these points, but just kind of, I'm just sort of cycling through the episode now on my computer while we're talking. And there's really not a lot in this episode that jumped out to me as really stellar stuff like there's some interesting little teases like the tiger or the the drones taking the dna from the guests and but then there's just a lot of like oh i'm not sure like whatever (laughs) you know mave's daughter is going to become a MacGuffin, right she's going to be hunting for her daughter all season and her character is going to suffer because of it um that's my fear that's really my fear i think that just really leaves well, Maeve's daughter will come to rep- could come to represent something like the maze, something that you thought was concrete that becomes abstract. And then perhaps the daughter, the search for the daughter and the journey to get to the daughter only to find, oh, she was really looking for someone to love her or something to prove that she was more than just a, a body. I wonder. I mean, if, she, if that's what she's looking for, 
her daughter, perhaps that's why she goes to Shogun World or whatever, because we've seen her wearing, uh, I don't know what outfit that is, but she's wielding a sword in Shogun World. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Like Those are the kind of things like about this show that sort of like keep me watching, just the kind of pageantry of all of it. The sets, the costumes, the music, the landscape, the cool little sci-fi twists. But from a character point, um, it always leaves me wanting. So do you guys have any predictions? I kind of do. I don't know if it's too far out there, but um, the last scene where they are again, they're over the bay and they see all the host's bodies in the water and um, the Sloki guy, forget his name in the show now, but... um, he says, what happened here? And Bernard says, I don't know. And then I think he pushes him again. And he says, I killed them. That's what he says, right? I think right. That's, yes. that's what I said. So then I thought to myself, okay, so why would Bernard kill them? And that may be something that the whole season ha- takes place to figure that out. But the, the first thought I had was, well, maybe Bernard was trying to keep the hosts from going out into the world with the DNA of the other guests, which leads back to the whole idea of what is the goal to have them out in the world? What does Delos want to do with these hosts? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's, that's a reason for him killing them. I mean, is it, or is it very simplistic? Is he killing them to protect them? So know. you took it, you took it literal that yeah. Bernard killed uh, those hosts through some kind of command or, well, for my yeah, my first blush is that that it was literal. I don't know if I will stand by that point as time goes by, but um, that's what I that, that's how I took it. Did you? How did you take it? I took it uh, more figuratively. Um, he was speaking um, as Arnold, you know, and introducing the concept of free will to oh, these hosts, and you know over 30 years has led to this point where all his hard work is, you know, being destroyed or going up in flames or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or he put in, into motion the events that led to their demise. So he killed them in a roundabout indirect way. Yeah. And that's so that, and I assume that he, that in that moment, the show wanted us to think he was being literal, but was going, ah, we're being clever. See, it's actually a metaphor or something. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, and I definitely went down that hole with them. If that was that there, I mean, cause that's obviously way too soon to make a reveal like that and right. have it come around to be that exact thing. Point so taken. That would- so that would go back to what I was saying about him being a collaborator. Um, you know, so he has survivor guilt. Um, he's watching all his fellow people being slaughtered, killed, and here he is standing with the enemy. And so he's just feeling he's feeling guilty, whether he pulled the trigger or not. He's feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Episode title: Journey into Night. Yeah. It was the name right. that uh, Ford gave. Right, he unveiled the new game. The last finale last season was there's a new game. Yeah, the new narrative. A new scene, rather, a new narrative. Thank you. Yep, journey into night. So here we are. We've we've entered into night. Second season. Hmm. <laughs> Don't like this narrative? You want to go back? <laughs> I want to go back to Sweetwater. I want to play. I want to. I want to go back to that first episode and kind of just enter the world anew. 
Yeah, it was also a family park. Remember, there's this whole family section where you can like be on the homestead and I don't know, brush horses or whatever people do. Um, so does that mean that there are kids somewhere in this free for all, this gory free for all? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I bet we yeah, don't, I don't see know. that. <laughs> I bet we <laughs> no neatly, more family park. But we neatly st- sidestep all of uh, the kids, kind of like the way video games, like in, like Grand Theft Auto Four, like. You never see a single child because that would be too upsetting for people. And yet they did set it up as something that is in the show. Uh, the next episode is called Reunion. Oh, mm. who's who's reunion with who with whom? Um, uh, Maeve uh, and her daughter, but her daughter's memories have been implanted into a tiger. I feel like it's too soon. Too soon. For probably. Her. Probably. Uh, Elise and uh, Elsie or Elise and Bernard. <laughs> well, you know, maybe that would make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> is this show going to suffer now that Anthony Hopkins is not on it? I, I, I felt like he brought a lot of weight uh, to any scene he was in. So with him not being in this season, um, who is the Anthony Hopkins of this season? Is it Jeffrey Wright? Does it fall onto his shoulders? As the big talent? Yeah. Um, I guess. I mean, he's sort of like the other pillar between him and uh, Ed Harris, right? Aren't they the yeah? The the, the other option opposites? would be Ed Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Have they teased out anybody new coming on this season that would be a big name? I I didn't check to see. No, I've been, I, I stayed it, away yeah. from spoilers, so I don't know if any any big actors are coming on. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll see. Yeah. Though they did didn't they tease um, Dolores's father, quote unquote, uh, as being very important host so they'll bring that actor back oh yeah and he was I like that he was phenomenal in the premiere yeah abernathy yeah yep. abernathy. peter abernathy right so they yeah yeah do you think he'll get out of the park do you think he'll escape into the, i i into don't know if he'll world. escape but that could be the reunion it could be him and dolores oh nice so, see i'd be for that yeah i would be for that too maybe he would uh ground her that would be nice that Give it would her, also give her purpose, yeah. Give her purpose, give her just, right now she's just ultra-violent and ultra-cynical. And it, frankly, it's a turnoff. <laughs> yeah, it's distracting, for sure. I didn't like her last season, unfortunately, really either. But we'll see. Okay. There's there is one theory that um, one of the parks that hasn't been, it's not a theory, it's a wish, a uh, Westeros park. <laughs> that would be awesome. Like before they tear down those Game of Thrones sets, uh, they shoot some Westworld stuff in them. Well, I they should be, introduce some. I would be totally down characters. for that. Oh yeah, sure. Like that would be pretty cool. Have some of the actors play play host versions of themselves. Oh, that would be great. I would love a crossover. Why the hell not? I mean, <laughs> I would I would greatly enjoy this. Another theory is that like um, everyone is shrunk shrunk down like. It, like Matt Damon and downsizing and they're, and they're put in like, that's how they're put into the parks. Cause they're like tiny people. That's how they fit. <laughs> that's how they made the park. Cause they, they shrink themselves down. Oh my God. <laughs> Honey, uh, I shrunk the hosts. Basically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I found some more like really funny out there theories, but now I can't find them. And so we'll just, uh, I guess we'll just wrap it up. Um, guys, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's fun. Did you have, want to plug anything, promote anything while you're here? I don't have anything to promote right now. I wish I did. 
I'm going to uh, plug a future podcast where um, I go back to my Deadwood RPG and uh, wrap up that storyline with Matt and company. Yeah, we <laughs> should do that soon. Maybe next month. That'd be fun. Next um, next month on Hooplecast, um, like our next like official episode release will be breaking from our TV pilot formula and we'll be covering the TV movie Iron Jawed Angels, which is about the suffragette movement. And then oh, we'll probably cool. be doing Grey Gardens as well. And then we'll get back into our uh, normal routine. Got to do the True Blood pilot and then the Pacific. And I know I've got an episode in the can that I have to finish editing and publish. Cool. But, Great. Uh, anyone listening to this, you guys can find us at hooplecast.com. Links to, to shows to download, uh, links to discussion threads in our Facebook group, or find us on Twitter at hooplecast. I retweet Deadwood things, though I haven't done that in a while. And uh, you can send feedback to hoopocast.gmail.com to tell us how wrong we are about this episode of Westworld. All right. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. Have a good night. Bye. Good night.